0: Bravery, fidelity, integrity, ha, 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 just how bad can the FBI get? Worse than you think. We'll tell you about that coming up. We got some whistleblower inside information, which will blow your socks off. Unvaccinated, clean blood, you're being tracked, mm-hmm. Illegal immigrants get driver's licenses. Yay! And modern-day (laughs) book-burning. Oh, yeah, we got all that and more coming up. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Saturday! Yay! We are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and we're trying again on Rumble.com. We tweaked a little things here and there we're trying again no promises but we're trying we are live on rumble right now hello rumble we love you and god i hope this live stream stays up tonight we'll see what happens oh man we got so much going on all those stories and more coming up we got a brand new sponsor we also have our usual miko update she is our little three-year-old shiba inu the love of our life Ichiko Mikoto is her official name, but we lovingly call her Miko, and she loves bugs. (laughs) I'm not kidding. She's doing great. She's had a good day today. we got a couple of good walks. Uh, Check this out. This is from last night. We leave the door open usually, and flies come in and out. It just happens. That's life and nature. She loves snapping at them, and occasionally she will actually catch one. This is a fly that she caught, but she didn't eat it. She wants to play with it. <laughs> this is her playing with the fly. If you're listening on the podcast, go over to our Rumble show, our live video on Rumble, or the recorded show. It's, it's there. And check it out, the Jay Sheldon show on Rumble, if you're listening on the podcast on Spotify or iTunes. That's her last night playing with this bug, <laughs> a fly. She would not leave the thing alone. Of course, eventually she did swipe it and and caused its death. But you know what? That's what shibus do do. So there you go. All right. <laughs> Our Miko update is brought to you by the good folks at Barkbox. Barkbox.com slash Miko. It's a monthly subscription service that you can get for your dog. Every month you will get a box full of treats, toys, and a dog chew. Every month is a new theme, new treats, new toys, and your dog will love it. Guaranteed. Matter of fact, satisfaction 100% guaranteed. If you're ever not happy with anything, you get a hold of customer service, they'll make it right. You get two. Uh, bags of dog treats, which are, uh, if you have any allergies, your dog, you know, fish, chicken, seafood, beef, you, there's a checkbox you can check when you order, and they'll make sure you don't get that. And they're also sized right for your dogs, your toys every month, and your dog chew. You know, you don't want your little chihuahua to get one of these giant bone things, so you just tell them if your dog is small, medium, or large, and they'll make sure you get an appropriately sized dog chew and dog toys, because you get two toys every month. They are wonderful. Check them out. Barkbox.com/miko. Our special link will get you a free month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription at Barkbox.com. And if you look in our show notes, underneath the Barkbox.com/miko, it's a limited time offer. It's going to go away very soon. But if you want, you can also choose or. You can alternatively choose to get a free dog bed when you sign up at BarkBox.com. And that's the link underneath the slash Miko link. It's right there. It's in our show notes. It's easy to find. And if you click that, it'll take you to the page where you can get a free dog bed. Three different sizes, three different beautiful fabrics. These dog beds are phenomenal. They're so gorgeous. You will love it. So you pick. You want a free dog bed or you want a free month of BarkBox treats and toys? Just go to BarkBox.com slash Miko or our alternative link. You pick, you will not be sorry. These uh, treats and toys and the dog bed itself, absolutely fantastic. And our thanks to BarkBox for uh, coming on the show and helping to sponsor the Miko update. All right, the FB freaking eye. You know, it just gets worser and worser and badder and badder. I know that's not really a, a word, but we'll make it one for tonight. FBI gone wild. This is from John Sullivan's Just the News site. The link is in our show notes. Internal memos chronicle years, years of drunk driving, lost weapons, and other misconduct. Internal disciplinary reports show the agents often are not fired for what amounts to some extremely serious infractions. The FBI also deals with allegations of rampant political bias, abuse of power. It just goes on and on. Scores of FBI employees have been caught over the last five years engaging in unethical and illegal conduct like drunk driving, stealing property, assaulting a child, whew, mishandling classified documents, and losing their service weapons. Losing their weapons! Often they escape being fired. They're given some internal discipline, few weeks off unpaid whatever it might be this is incredible one agent left a highly lethal m4 carbine unsecured in his government car during a starbucks run oh i'm just going to run into starbucks i'm going to leave this m4 in the back seat unsecured well guess what happened the car got broken into and the weapon got stolen Yep, there is a lockbox in the trunk for the storage of weapons. The agent chose to store the rifle bag behind the car's front seat. One report shows while employee was in Starbucks, the boo car was burglarized. The rear passenger, rear driver, and tailgate windows were all broken out. And the rifle bag containing the M4 was stolen. Sexual misconduct. This just goes from bad to worse, folks. You will not believe this. Read the whole article. Also rampant in these reports, dating all the way back to 2017, including inappropriate affairs with felons in prison. Confidential sources, subordinate employees also. The sexual transgressions, however, often resulted in firings, Unlike the drunk driving and lost weapon offenses, sexual translations you might actually get your ass fired for. uh, Typically emailed to all Bureau employees each calendar quarter, the Office of Professional Responsibility, OPR, reports provided to Just the News by a whistleblower, afford an unprecedented look into the breadth of misconduct Among the FBI's workforce, they employ some 35,000 people at the FBI. And you can read all the reports if you want. There's a link there. Unbelievable. In the seven months since we've we've spoken extensively with affected employees and consulted with several divisions, including the Victim Services Division, this is from an email, After a great deal of deliberation, we decided to resume the quarterly emails. We made the decision, as the vast majority of employees we spoke with indicated they wanted the publication to resume. Among the reports, at least 23 cases of agents and Bureau staff driving under the influence. Only 5 out of 23 resulted in termination. The others... Suspended, retired, Uh, many other incidents involving alcohol but unrelated to driving that also drew short-term suspensions. At least three dozen agents, 36 agents, reported their guns being lost. Oh, no. Lost, stolen, or handled unsafely, including one agent, who accidentally discharged his weapon and shot a hole through the floor of his hotel room. Unbelievable. I'm seeing a lot of cases, particularly in the DUIs. There was not as many dismissals. They were getting, you know, 20, 30, 40 days of suspensions without pay. And that struck me as something a bit of a divergence from the past. Louis Frisch when he was director, drew a bright line. He said anybody who misuses alcohol and gets in a bureau car is going to be dismissed. That stopped a lot of this bad behavior, but it is not the case these days. No surprise there. Steve Friend, an FBI agent who recently left the bureau after he blew the whistle on alleged civil liberties abuses in January 6th case, provided the OPR reports to just the news. John Solomon cite here from this article. He said the growth in alcohol abuse and sexual misconduct was a strong signal of a lot of cultural problems inside the FBI. There is a sense of entitlement seeping into the agency. Too many people are just content to have a gold badge and a gun on their hip and not actually do the work. Unbelievable. The FBI says it believes the reports published show the disciplinary system works, even as it seeks to improve from outside advice. Yeah, read this whole article, check out the actual reports, there's a link there, you can go and check out the actual FBI disciplinary reports. It is frightening, to say the least. You know, the FBI already has its share of problems, and... This ain't making it any better. Disband this agency. Don't cut the funding. Spread the funding out, among other agencies. Let them pick up the slack. But the FBI is rotten to the core. I'm sure there are a few good agents over there, no doubt about it. But from the top, pretty far down, it's an absolute nightmare. All right. You're unvaccinated. Well, if you are, you are likely being tracked. Hmm. Not kidding. Before we get to that, though, we're going to uh, say hello to one of our sponsors, and that would be Skillshare. Skillshare is a website. I'll take a few minutes, talk to you about Skillshare. They're one of our sponsors here. their new sponsor, and we thank them very much for that. You ever wanted to learn to do something out of the ordinary or interesting? Well, you can. You take classes online at Skillshare.com. They're taught by instructors. They have their own class rosters. You can learn how to juggle if you want. Anything from tech, computer sciences, to learning to juggle. How to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich i mean everything from the sublime to the ridiculous is available there at skillshare there are dozens of online courses check them out use our link in the show notes you'll see for skillshare just click on that link go check out check out the classes they have and i know i'm making a you know they really do have classes on how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich i'm not kidding but they have very serious courses too on uh, creating web pages, high tech stuff, computer sciences. It's all available there. Public speaking. You, you you won't believe the thousands and thousands of courses. And if you have a particular skill you're good at and you'd like to become a, an instructor, you can also do that at Skillshare. You make some money. Check it out at Skillshare. The link is in our notes, our show notes down below. And uh, yeah, you get a Free week trial, courtesy of the Jay Sheldon Show and Skillshare. And uh, thank you, Skillshare. Everything from physics to finger painting. It's all available at Skillshare.com. Use that link in our show notes and find out more about the good folks at Skillshare. All right. You are being tracked if you are unvaccinated. This is from the Epic Times oh man, it's just, it's never going to stop, is it? It isn't. The U.S. government has been secretly tracking those who did not get the clot shot, as well as those who are not up to date on their shots. Worse yet, it's recording the reason why. Now that the program has been widely adopted, knowing why is being done, and how you can outsmart it. Hmm. The U.S. government secretly tracking those who didn't get the jab or are only partially jabbed through a previously unknown surveillance program designed by the U.S. National Center for Health Statistics, NCIS, NCHS, a division of the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Program was implemented April 1st, 2022, It was adopted by most medical clinics and hospitals across the U.S. started in January of this year. Under the program, doctors and hospitals have been instructed to ask patients about their vaccination status. My advice to you is to tell your doctor to F off. It's none of his or her freaking business. Anyway, that's then added to their electronic medical records, as a diagnostic code known as ICD-10, and they can be tracked inside and outside of the medical system. These new ICD-10 codes are part of the government's plan to implement medical tyranny using vaccine passports and digital IDs. Dangerous stuff, my friends. They are also tracking noncompliance With all other recommended vaccines, you knew this was going to happen, all other recommended vaccines using new ICD-10 codes, they've implemented codes to describe why you didn't get a recommended shot. It has also added a billable ICD code for vaccine safety counseling. Mm. You'll get some counseling, whether you like it or not. This article is frightening. I cannot encourage you enough to check it out, read the whole thing. It goes on about these codes, about how you're being tracked, how they are they know from these codes. So if you get asked by whoever your healthcare provider is what your vaccination status is, unless it's critical to your particular problem you're having at that moment, If you're in there for a broken leg and they ask you what your vaccination status is, you tell them to F off and it's none of their damn business. Otherwise, you want to get tracked? Knock yourself out. I know there's a bunch of lefties out there who'd like nothing more than to just bend over and give in to the system. Unbelievable. It gets better. Censoring disinformation, which, you know, we've talked about it before. You know what that means. It means stuff that the mainstream doesn't agree with. Not that it isn't true. Not that it isn't a fact. It's just that they don't want you talking about it. Well, the United Nations has... (laughs) The United Nations... Says that censoring disinformation and hate speech will protect free speech. Idiots! The UN is openly embracing the agenda of mobilizing to fight against perceived online hate speech and disinformation. The latest was to organize an event called Internet for Trust. Yeah, right. The unelected and well-funded organization, whose purpose primarily is to facilitate conflict resolution in the real world and provide peacekeeping and humanitarian assistance for war-torn areas, that's the UN's job, is now increasingly following in the footsteps of other unelected groups like the WEF. And now announcements from one of its agencies, UNESCO, that it's supposed to promote world peace and security through international education, arts, and science cooperation and protection of world heritage in forms of monuments, etc., crafting its own guidelines which will now regulate hate what they consider to be hate speech and misinformation." Don't know where they think they get the power to do this. And their version of whatever they call hate speech and misinformation may or may not be hate speech or misinformation. But if they say it is, you're going to get censored. Get ready for it. It's happening. And this, just like the WEF, coming from this unelected body, the United Nations. Read the whole article. It's in our show notes. It's fascinating. It's scary, as usual. (laughs) Unbelievable. Everything we're doing tonight is just like, shake your head, uh, what? What? That can't be real. It's real. It's as real as an illegal immigrant getting a driver's license. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. This is from thepostmillennial.com. Links in our show notes. Minnesota to allow illegal immigrants. No, they're not undocumented aliens. They are illegal immigrants. Minnesota is going to allow them to get driving licenses. Of course, with a driving license, what else can you do? Probably vote. They've passed the driving license for all bill. It grants illegal immigrants the ability to acquire a U.S. driving license. The bill states any person applying for a state ID or driving license is not required to demonstrate United States citizenship or lawful presence in the United States. Senator Zainab Mohammed, the author of the bill, said this is a huge win for Minnesota's immigrant movement. There's an immigrant movement? You folks are illegally in this country. Why did you organize into a movement? Get out. What's in your bill prevents that terrorists from coming to Minnesota, getting a driver's license, getting on an airplane and committing an act of terror? Nothing. That's exactly what potentially could happen. These are some of the dangers related to this kind of crap. We're just going to keep on bending over. You know, everything we've done tonight has been all about the U.S., Canada, our neighbors to the north. You know, they've had this program for a long time with assisted suicide. In fact, we'll do a whole show on that sometime because it's unbelievable. People are being assisted to commit suicide who may or may not be of the right state of mind. The government is virtually encouraging them to commit suicide. Look, personally, I have a very Japanese outlook on suicide. I think that if you decide you want to end your life and you can do it without hurting anybody else, I mean, physically hurting, if you die, some people are going to get hurt, of course, I would hope. But I believe that you have that right. Like I said, I have a very Japanese. Attitude about suicide, not hari curry in seppuku. But, <laughs> but get a load of this crap. They have, it was already a step too far. Now it's a leap too far as Canada moves towards assisted suicide for minors. Children would not need parents consent to kill themselves. I am not kidding. They are considering allowing terminally ill children to end their lives through assisted suicide in Canada. Critics have been outraged and called the plan horrible. I would call it something else, but they'd throw me off the air. This month, a Canadian far, uh, parliamentary committee recommended that mature minors, that's an air quotes thing, should be able to euthanize themselves even without parental consent through Canada's Medical Assistance in Dying program if their deaths are reasonably foreseeable. Canadian government should amend the eligibility criteria for MAID set out in criminal code. MAID is the medically assisted suicide. To include minors, it deems to have the requisite decision-making capacity upon assessment. Parents must be consulted during the assessment for their child's assisted suicide, but the will of the minor will ultimately take priority. Let me read that again. The will of the minor will ultimately take priority. The House of Commons is supposed to be going to discuss this over the next few months. This is (laughs) beyond insane canada i i don't know what to say i I, seriously i'm at a loss rarely i'm at a loss for words but this is unbelievable all right we got a couple more stories to go here but before we do that we want to welcome another brand new sponsor to our show folks fruits and vegetables what it's all about and this company brick house nutrition is going to take care of that for you fruits and veggies are the key to healthy living we all know that you got to eat fruits and vegetables everybody says it your doctor says it your auntie says it your grandma says it eat your fruits and vegetables any healthy diet fruits and vegetables are the anchor the problem is they're hard to cook they're hard to prepare, you got to go shopping, they're perishable, you buy a bunch, and by the time you get around to eating them or preparing them, they've gone off. How many times? How many times have you bought, oh, you're going to say, well, I'm going to eat healthy. So you buy a bunch of apples and bananas and things, and by the time you get to them, they're either half off or gone off completely. Well, that doesn't have to happen anymore. Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition is a science-backed formula of specific, healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables ground up into an amazing-tasting powder. You just mix it in with your favorite drink, whatever it is. You could sprinkle it on ice cream if you wanted to, although that would maybe take a little bit of the healthy away. Green tea, orange juice, whatever you prefer— tastes great, and these are real USDA organic fruits and vegetables. It's not extract. If you look on the back of the container, it doesn't say supplement facts. It's food ingredients. Comes in several great tasting flavors. You will love it, and it is good for you. I guarantee you, you will feel better, and you will love the taste. It is amazing. Miles and the gang at Brickhouse Nutrition have done an incredible job. They have a number of great healthy products over there. telling you about Field of Greens because it's one of my favorites. Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Use our special link. It's in the show notes down there. And you will get an amazing offer now from the Jay Sheldon Show from Brickhouse Nutrition. Use that link down there, check it out, order it, order a bunch. Just order one and try it. It is amazing stuff. And like I said, it is 100% real USD organic fruits and vegetables, not extracts. It is so good for you, and it will put you right back on the track. Thank you. Brickhouse Nutrition, our brand new sponsor on our show tonight. We really do appreciate that. All right, Uh, a couple more stories to get through before we get on to our book. It's good old modern-day book burning. Yep, not kidding. This is from the Daily Signal. Links in our show notes. Oh, one of my favorite films of all time, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. In a brave new world, free of religion, intolerance, we don't have inquisitors to root out the heresy, we have Inclusion Ambassadors. That's a new buzzword you're going to want to write down and remember. According to the Daily Telegraph, new editions of children's books by the late British author uh, Ronald Dahl, who authored classics like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, James and the Giant Peach, they're being edited by the publisher to remove offensive words and concepts. For example, if you remember in Willy Wonka, one of the guys is fat. Of course, in a politically correct Willy Wonka, we couldn't call him fat, even though he is fat. Our inclusion ambassadors comb through old cherished texts and alter or remove wrong think before publication. The past won't just be erased, it'll be rewritten. The changes to Dahl's work, made with the aid of an organization called Inclusive Minds, (laughs) hardly, reportedly been approved by the Roald Dahl Story Company and the publisher, Puffin Books. So get your physical copies now while you still can, the unedited, unpolitically correct version. Now, interesting enough, an hour ago, just before I was about to go on the air, I found another link related to this story. And guess what? I love this. The publisher has walked back woke rewrites of classic stories and will release the original texts as well now these stupid moronic edited politically correct bullcrap versions will still be available so if you're one of those left-wing lunatic people who wants to feed your children mind-numbing dribble you can buy one of those edited versions but for the rest of us normal people you can buy still the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, James and the Giant Peach. The publisher has walked back 50% the rewrites of the classics, and they will publish the original texts as it was meant to be. My guess is what's going to happen is they're going to sell a billion copies of the original and maybe three copies of the edited ones, the politically correct ones, which won't make them any money. And once again, go woke, go broke. Yay. All right. This is a great story. One last one before we move on to White Fang, our book that we're reading here. Uh, we always end with a bit of good news, and man, is this good news. A 76 Who's that? I can't read it. Alejandro. Alejandro, like the stream. Thank you, Alejandro. Appreciate it. Good to have you in. Thank you. Be sure you follow or subscribe, whatever it is. A 76-year-old student has finally graduated 50 years after he began his PhD in philosophy. That is him 50 years ago. And that is him at his graduation, 50 years later. How about that? Man, that is a cool story. Newly graduated Dr. Nick Axton says it took him a long, hard think to get his doctoral dissertation in order, which is probably what most PhD candidates would say. Yeah, 50 years. Listen up. I'll tell you why. Unlike most candidates, it took Dr. Axson five decades. He's now 76 years old before he finally graduated with a PhD in mathematical sociology from the University of Bristol. It all started back in 1970 when he got a prestigious Fulbright scholarship, not easy to get, to the University of Pittsburgh. But after five years, he went back to the U.K., and had never finished his Ph.D. What I was trying to do in the early 70s was exceptionally difficult, he said. Some problems are just so great it takes the better part of a lifetime to get your head around them. Well, he restarted the whole process at Bristol seven years ago with the idea of finishing his Master in the Arts and then carrying on to a Ph.D. in Philosophy, finishing in 2022, At the age of 75, he received his doctorate in front of his wife, Claire, and 11-year-old daughter, Freya. His research, which he hopes to publish, builds on the ideas he was working on 50 years ago. It's a new theory for understanding human behavior based on the values each person holds. He says it has the potential to change our view of behavioral psychology during his varied career he fathered two children lived all over the uk was the creator and principal author of the school teaching program oxford primary science unbelievable but there he is 50 years later having finally received his phd wow congratulations that is amazing life went on Until he decided to finally get back to it. That is incredible. What a great story. It's never too late, folks. Do not give up. It is never too late. Oh, man. All right. Time for our book. You ready for that? We read books on this show. We've been doing it for over 300 episodes now. We do all the classics. We've done The Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, uh, The Little Prince, Alice in Wonderland. So many great books. And uh, right now we're doing White Fang, which was first. It's a classic. It was first published in 1906, written by Jack London. We are thinking when we're done with White Fang, we might go to Treasure Island. It's a very long book about pirates and buried treasure. And it's amazing. I've never read it. Just like I've never read White Fang. I discover it as I read it to you, which I love doing that. But anyway, uh, we're thinking about doing, uh, doing White Fang coming up. Uh, right after we get done with, with White Fang, we're thinking about doing... Uh, wait, where'd it go? There it is. We're thinking about doing Treasure Island. If you like that idea, let me know. Send me a PM. You want to put it in the chat, whatever it might be. Or if you would prefer, you can send us an email. We're always open to uh, emails from you at show at jsheldon.com, S-H-O-W, show at jsheldon.com. And uh, you can check it out. We get our books from the Gutenberg Project, gutenberg.org. They're all public domain books. Many, many classic, thousands of classic titles over there. You want to check them out, gutenberg.org. And if you want, send me a suggestion what you'd like me to read, and uh, yeah, we'll do that. A couple of our books that we've read have actually come from other people's suggestions, viewers' and listeners' uh, suggestions. Okay, just a quick reminder, please, right down there is a follow button. Please hit that button. It's free, costs you nothing, and it helps the show out so much. Just give us a subscriber, a follow. Click that button right there. It just takes one second, and you're done. Just like that. All right, you ready? Here we go. When we last left White Fang, he had hidden away while the Indian tribe took off. And now he was lonesome and lonely, and for the first time ever, he'd done a full-throated wolf howl. The coming of daylight dispelled his fears, but increased his loneliness. The naked earth, which showed shortly before it had been so populous, thrust his loneliness more forcefully upon him. It didn't take him long to make up his mind. He plunged into the forest and followed the river bank down the stream. All day he ran. He didn't rest. He seemed made to run on forever. His iron-like body ignored the fatigue, and even after fatigue came, his heritage of endurance braced him to endless endeavor and enabled him to drive his complaining body onward. Where the river swung in against precipitous bluffs, he climbed the high mountains behind. Rivers and streams that entered the main river, he forded or swam. Often he took the rim ice that was beginning to form, and more than once he crashed through and struggled for life in the icy current. Always he was on the lookout for the trail of the gods where it might leave the river and proceed inland. White Fang was intelligent beyond the average of his kind, yet his mental vision was not wide enough to embrace the other bank of the Mackenzie. What if the trail of the gods led out on that side? It never entered his head. Later on, when he'd traveled more and grown older and wiser and come to know more of trails and rivers... It might be that he could grasp and apprehend such a possibility, but that mental power was yet in the future. Just now he ran blindly, his own bank of the Mackenzie alone, entering into his calculations. All night he ran, blundering in the darkness into mishaps, obstacles that delayed but did not daunt. By the middle of the second day, he'd been running continuously for 30 hours, and the iron of his flesh was giving out. It was the endurance of his mind that kept him going. He'd not eaten in 40 hours, and he was weak with hunger. The repeated drenchings in the icy water had likewise had their effect on him. His handsome coat was draggled. The broad pads of his feet were bruised and bleeding. He began to limp, and the limp increased within the hour. To make it worse, the light of the sky was obscured, and snow began to fall. A raw, moist, melting, clinging snow, slippery underfoot, that hid from him the landscape he traversed, and that covered over the inequities of the ground so the way of his feet was more difficult and painful. Grey Beaver had intended camping that night on the far bank of the Mackenzie, for it was in that direction that the hunting lay. But on the near bank, shortly before dark, a moose came down to drink, been espied by Klu Kluch, who was Grey Beaver's squaw, and now had not the moose come down to drink. Had not Mitza been staring out of the course because of the snow and not Klukuch sighted the moose and had not Gray Beaver killed it with a lucky shot from his rifle, all subsequent things would have happened differently. Gray Beaver would not have camped on the near side of the Mackenzie and White Fang would have passed by and gone on either to die or to find his way to his wild brothers and become one of them, a wolf to the end of his days. Night had fallen, the snow was flying more thickly, and White Fang whimpered softly to himself as he stumbled and limped along. Came upon a fresh trail in the snow, so fresh that he knew it immediately for what it was. Whining with eagerness, he followed back from the river bank and in among the trees. The camp sounds came to his ears. He saw the blaze of the fire, Klukuch cooking, gray beaver squatting on his hams and munching a chunk of raw tallow. There was fresh meat in the camp. White Fang expected a beating. He crouched and bristled a little at the thought of it. Then he went forward again. He feared and disliked the beating he knew to be waiting for. him, But he knew further the comfort of the fire would be his, the protection of the gods, the championship of the dogs, and last a championship of enmity, but nonetheless a championship and satisfying to his gregarious needs. He came cringing, crawling into the firelight. Gray Beaver saw him and stopped munching the tallow. White Fang crawled slowly, cringing, groveling in the objectiveness of his abasement and submission. He crawled straight toward Gray Beaver, every inch of his progress becoming slower and more painful. At last he lay at the Master's feet, into whose possession. He now surrendered himself, voluntarily, body and soul. Of his own choice, he came in to sit by man's fire and to be ruled by him. White Fang trembled, waiting for the punishment to fall upon him. There was a movement of the hand above him. He cringed involuntarily under the expected blow, but it did not fall. He stole a glance upward. Gray Beaver was breaking the lump of tallow in half. Gray Beaver was offering him one piece of the tallow. Very gently and somewhat suspiciously, he first smelled the tallow and then proceeded to eat it. Gray Beaver ordered meat to be brought to him, guarded him from the other dogs while he ate. After that, grateful, and content, White Fang lay at Gray Beaver's feet, gazing at the fire that warmed him, blinking, dozing, secure in the knowledge that the morrow would find him not wandering forlorn through the bleak forest stretches, but in the camp of the man-animals, with the gods to whom he had given himself, and upon whom he was now dependent. Next time, we'll move on to chapter five. It's called The Covenant. White Fang. Man, what a great book. (laughs) All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much. Please, uh, just one more, uh, if you don't mind, follow right over here. It's a little button. Click that. It's free. It's easy. Just click the button. You're done. Uh, Subscribe on YouTube. Facebook is uh, follow. And uh, I think subscribe. Whatever. Just click the button. I'll see you again on Monday night. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. This is The J. Sheldon Show. Good night, everybody.